the epitome of a selfless, sacrificing, sacrificing mother. And so we want to honor Hannah this morning, and uh, we want to tell you about her son Samuel and how he came to be. Samuel, of course, was one of the greatest prophets of God who ever lived. Now we honor Hannah in spite of the fact that she left her preschool child at church one Sunday. <laughs> now let me explain that a little bit. And we had some friends in Florida, the Seagrass family, that actually did that one Sunday. And so it's been in my mind a little bit. They had five kids, and uh, it's always hard to you know, gather everybody up and get in the car and leave after church. And one Sunday, they thought they had everybody, but they left the youngest one, little Dale, at home. He was like three years old. And the problem was that the Seagrass lived 20 miles away from church. And they didn't recognize that he wasn't in the car until they all started piling out at home 20 miles later. Where's Dale? Oh, we left him at church today. And so they called the church. Somebody, of course, had found him, and they were waiting for the call. And this was before cell phones, so, you know, there wasn't any way to contact until they got in the door. And uh, now they went back, and they got their son. He was safe and sound and everything. But Hannah left her child at church one day, too. But it wasn't an accident. In fact, it was very intentional. It was the result of a promise that she had made to God. But we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. So let's go back to the beginning. Hannah lived in a very difficult time in Israel's history. The nation was led by judges, not by kings. And while these judges did a great job of protecting the people for God and, and even you know, pushing back their enemies, keeping them from being run out and of the land God had given them and so on, they were not always the most godly people. There were difficult times in Israel. And at the end of the book of Judges, the Bible says, in those days Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. <laughs> Sounds a little bit like America today. Uh, and Israel needed a strong leader so that the people would know what to do. And they eventually come up with the idea they want a king, but what God prepared was actually a prophet. And his name was Samuel. And uh, he became kind of a kingmaker, and yet he was the one to watch over the kingdom throughout his lifetime. Hannah, a woman who had been barren for many years, became the mother through whom God brought Samuel, the prophet, to Israel. In Hannah's example, we're going to see five defining traits of a model mom. You might want to jot these down. There's a little place on the back of your bulletin you have, or maybe you can find a piece of paper. I want to encourage you moms, especially today that Hannah, first of all, experienced real problems. Secondly, she knew how to pray. Thirdly, she experienced God's peace. Fourth, she kept her promises to God. And finally, she praised God for what he had given her, what he had done in her life. And so we're going to start reading in 1 Samuel, the very first part of 1 Samuel. And I hope you'll have your Bible and you'll follow along and read along today as we do so. 1 Samuel 1.1. There was a certain man from Ramathium, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. Could you imagine introducing yourself back in those days? <laughs> I'm the son of the son of the son. Of, no, I don't think they always did that. Well, he had two wives, one who was called Hannah and the other Panina. Panina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah 
uh, to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb, always in their minds what was going on. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? First thing we need to note about this model mom is that she experienced real problems. Now, we often think the heroes of the Bible had it made in the shade that their lives were something easier than ours, but the truth is their lives were just as difficult as ours, perhaps more so. In fact, many of them face circumstances far more difficult than we will ever face in this life, and so they learned to depend on God even more than we may need to learn that. And that's not always easy. Hannah experienced real problems. She was one of two women married to her husband, Elkanah, and she was the barren one. She was the one that had never been able to conceive while this other woman is having baby after baby. And in Jewish society back then, this was a matter of great shame and embarrassment daily. Elkanah loved her deeply, but his love could not make up for the stigma that she felt in her heart for her childlessness. And every year, when they went up to the tabernacle to worship God, Hannah would pray a very special prayer, begging God to give her a child. But year after year, for many years, her desire went unanswered, unfulfilled. Now, just because you're living a godly life then doesn't mean that you're not going to have trouble. That We all face problems no matter how close to God we may get through the years. Too many times people think that if you're a good Christian, you know, I'll just become a Christian, life will get easy. <laughs> and it doesn't. And then they're disappointed. Somehow they think your problems are going away, but that's a, way, a myth. In fact, Jesus told us, in this life you're going to have trouble. He said in John 16, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I'm not going to leave you alone in it, but it's going to happen. You're going to have trouble. Hannah had trouble. She had a rival wife who kept attacking her with barbs and criticisms until she couldn't eat and she could hardly stop crying, the Bible says. Hannah, a model mom, experienced problems just like we do, but she also knew what to do when those problems came. She knew where to go with those troubles. So we read the next few verses in 1 Samuel, starting verse 9. Once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. That was a Nazarite vow. No alcohol, no razor. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, but her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So he couldn't hear what she was saying. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. 
Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my anguish and grief. Hannah knew to pray. She knew how to pray. She poured out her soul to God. She was so earnest, so passionate in her prayers that Eli misunderstood what she was doing. Her anguish was visible. And when he saw it, he just saw someone who was acting irrationally, somebody who was babbling, somebody that had lost all sense. And even physically, she maybe was falling down. And it was because she was seeking a different answer from God than the one she had been given many times. Deep in her troubles, she doesn't give up. Instead of giving up, she looked up. There's a big difference there. She realized that the only answer could come from God, and so she kept looking to God in prayer. She knew God had said no to her desire to have a child, but she also knew that God could change his mind at any time, and that he had the power, certainly, to give her a child whenever he was willing to. So she persisted in her prayer. She persevered in her prayer. She kept asking God for the deepest longings of her heart. She freely confessed her anguish and grief, over this desire to have a child, and she begged that God would change his mind. She promised God that if he ever gave her a son, she would give him back to the Lord for all the days of his life. She promised that she would dedicate him as a servant of God for his whole life, as much as any mother could make that promise. Now, I wonder how many of us have ever made a promise to God in desperation. How many of us, you know, have been down... Maybe not literally in a foxhole or maybe literally. We thought, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I don't know what I can do about this financial problem, what this thing has happened in my relationships. My family is going through something. God, if you'll just get me through this, I promise something. This case, Hannah's promise was the result of something she had been wrestling with for a long time. So I think this was no quick decision. This was no foxhole promise. This was something she had thought through carefully, the implications of making such a promise to God, and she meant every word of it. If you will give me the son I desire, he will still be yours. And praying to God doesn't mean every problem we face will be fixed. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says not yet. And we need to learn to accept his answers, but it's okay if we keep praying for a godly desire that just won't go away. It's okay to accept, okay, not yet, but God, this is on my heart. God, this is something I deeply desire. It's not wrong. It's good. You remember the Apostle Paul who had a thorn in the flesh, and he prayed on three occasions. He tells us, 1 Corinthians 12, that God would take it away from him. And each time, God answered, no, but my grace will be sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In other words, God was saying, you know, I'm not going to take away that problem for you, Paul, but I will help you to glorify me through it, through that weakness. And eventually, Paul accepted it and used it to God's glory. It didn't even make him skip a beat. He became the most powerful voice for God in spite of that weakness. So Hannah cried out to God in this distress. She was at the end of herself, 
but she knew she was not at the end of God. And so she prayed. God was still there able to do whatever God chose to do. So we need to keep praying the way that she did, even when it's in deep anguish of soul. Now, some of you mothers, let's be honest, are struggling today. You know, it's Mother's Day, and you've put on a smile, put on a nice outfit. You're going to make the best of Mother's Day, but you're hurting today. Maybe you're hurting because of your children. Let's be real. Let's be honest. There are troubles in this life, but like Hannah, let's find out what to do with those troubles. Let's turn them to God. Let's go to God in prayer. Hannah's advice is, Pray, keep on praying, seek God. The third trait of Hannah, a model mom, is in verses 17 through 20 of our text, 1 Samuel 1. Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went her way and ate something. And her face was no longer downcast. See the change in Hannah? Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Hannah experienced peace, God's peace. God blessed Hannah and Elkanah with a son, Samuel, but Hannah didn't experience that for even weeks or maybe even months later. You know, in due time, at a certain time, this happened. Maybe it took a while. I don't know. But Eli the priest had blessed her and said, Go in peace and may God grant you what you have asked for. And Hannah believed that. And on the basis of that belief, peace started coming back to her heart. Notice verse 18, it says, even before she got pregnant, even before she knew that God was going to give them a child, Hannah was at peace and trusted God. The Bible says she started eating again, and, and no longer was she downcast in her spirit. Her belief in God changed that. She couldn't change her circumstances, but God could. And even if he didn't change her circumstances, he could change her. And God brought peace to her heart in spite of her circumstances. So often, isn't the same what God does for us. This is exactly what we read about, Word of God. We read it last week, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a great verse for moms, by the way. Moms, hold on to this one, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It's pretty good for dads, too. Good for any one of us. We can trust God to provide whatever we need, and we can trust Him to provide peace for us always, even when our circumstances don't change. So Hannah and Elkanah made their way back home, and same as they did every year as they had gone up to Shiloh to worship God, and then they got to go back home, wondering if things had changed this time. This year, God answered Hannah's prayers differently than he had before. 
and she became pregnant. And was she ever excited? Everything in her life was changing overnight. How thrilled she must have been, how thrilled Elkanah must have been to know that they were finally going to have a child together. This has been a heart's desire for years, and now it was going to happen. Nine months later, Hannah gave birth to a son and named him Samuel. Do you know what Samuel means? It means God heard. God heard. I love that. God heard her prayers and gave her what she'd been asking for. Years and years of waiting were finally over. She finally held her newborn son in her arms, and it felt every bit as good as she imagined it would. And her heart overflowed with gratitude to God. So what did she do then? She kept her promise. The promise she had made to God way back when. Verse 21, when her husband Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord to fulfill his vow, this is one year later, Hannah did not go. Uh Uh-oh. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Could you imagine what these priests would do with a three-month-old? It's hard enough for them to take a three-year-old. Do what seems best to you, her husband Elkanah told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. (laughs) And slyly, may you make good your word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him, so now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord." And he worshiped the Lord there. That is, the priest worshiped the Lord. She had made good on her promise to God. She dedicated her child to God. And when Samuel was just three years old, she gave him back to God. She took her young son, a preschooler, and left him at church intentionally. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how difficult it was to keep her promise to God? Have you thought about how you would feel? If you had left your child with God. Well, this is what all moms need to do. They need to give their children to God. Now, hear me out. Let me be clear. I'm not suggesting that everyone leave their children here today. We are not interested in running a children's home here at New Hope. Not here. All of us, however, need to give God our children just as she did. Now, you may not literally leave them at the doorstep of the temple and let the priests teach them what they need to know from there and visit them once a year like she did. But all of us need to give our children to God, and we need to understand that we can't decide for them what they will do with their lives, but we can set them on a path, on the right path. We can set the direction of their life through our training, through our education, through our influence, through our lives. We can pray every day that they will choose to follow Jesus just as we have chosen to follow Jesus, but we cannot make them do that. We simply set them on the right path and pray they can choose and stay on that path. Well, God blessed Hannah as well as her son. 
She and Elkanah went on to have several more children, if you continue reading. And year after year, she would go and see Samuel, her firstborn, as they went up to worship the Lord at Shiloh. I'm sure she was amazed to watch him develop and grow and mature, to become the kind of man that he became as the Lord molded his life, shaped his life. Her mother's love had sent him on the right path, and God used Samuel's life to bless the entire nation of Israel. He kept his vows to the Lord, too. In fact, if you read at the end of Samuel's life, he can go to the people and say, can any of you say something negative about me and my love for the Lord, my faith in the Lord, and nobody can speak up because he has been faithful his whole life. He has been an instrument that God used. And it all goes back, it all started with a mom who wanted a child of her own. The last trait of Hannah, model mom, is found in chapter 2. Hannah praised God for what God had given her. Now, verses 1 through 10 of chapter 2 is Hannah's prayer of prayer uh, of praise and thanksgiving to God. But let me read just the first two verses. She said this, My heart rejoices in the Lord, and the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. And then her prayer continued much in the same vein. When Hannah prayed her prayer, she had just left her toddler at the house of God. Notice what she says in her prayer. She never talked about her own feelings. She never talked about her own sacrifice that she was making as a mother. All she did was praise the giver of the gift she had received. She praised God, even though she didn't know where Samuel would go or what he would do. She trusted that the God who gave her her son would also be with him all of his days, and she was right. And so year after year, she saw her son again as he served the Lord at Shiloh. Year after year, she watched him grow into the holy and dedicated man of God that Samuel became. How proud she must have been. And so we leave her example before you today. A model mom experiences real problems and knows how to pray and experiences God's peace and keeps her promise to God and praises God for what he had given her. Moms, we know your life is not easy. We know that you carry more of a burden than anyone else in your family. Our challenges and our problems are going to continue throughout our lifetimes but so will our devotion to God. So keep your eyes on the Lord and pray. Trust that he will provide whatever it is you or your children need. He is faithful always, as we say. Learn to live in his peace and give him the praise he deserves. Would you pray with me? Lord, I pray that you would be with the moms today, especially but to be with all of us, that we would learn from Hannah's example, that we would see her devotion to you, her desire that was shown so clearly in her continuing prayers for a child, particularly for a son, and even her dedication to give that son back to you as a promise fulfilled. 
We thank you, Lord, uh, that we have the same opportunities. Uh, even if we don't have children of our own, there are so many children's lives that we can affect and have influence upon. And we pray that each of us would realize what you have given us and praise you for it. And thank you for the opportunities you've given us, regardless of our circumstances. Bless us in our troubles. Help us to turn to you in prayer. Help us to have your peace as we go through a variety of things in this life, some of them not so pleasant. Give us your grace. Give us your strength. Guide us and help us to be a blessing to our children and grandchildren and to everyone else. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.